Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 440, which I think are all even numbers. Um, is zero an even number or is it even a number? Like zero just means things, it's nothing. Zero. Zero is zero. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who does want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to have a personal experience of emotional labor that happened in our household. I found this uh, blog that was back from March. We're recording this in June. And it was um, written by, I think... This a, is a different topic, though. Different topic. Yeah, this, this is topic number two. So there's emotional labor, A, a. and then... Um, I think... Uh, I don't. I, I think the author's last name is Beckett, but I could be wrong. I'll look it up. Hundred easy ways to make women's lives more bearable, and it's you, directed towards men. You know why you probably found that in March because that's when International Women's Day was. I think. Yeah, and how many of us guys even know that there is an International Women's Day? And uh, if they do, uh, do you know when it is? I didn't. I consider myself a refined adult male, and I didn't know that there even was an International Women's Day. Refined. I'll give you a reminder. So two years ago, or I think it was two years ago, um, there was on International Women's Day where all women wore red. Mm. Do you remember that? No. And then we were supposed to not show up to work. Oh, yeah. That rings a bell. Yeah, because the reason it's it's on my mind is because um, you, you that morning, I wrote about it. You that morning said, girls, don't ask mom anything. Let's see what a day is like without her here. And did they listen to me? Well, I mean, I just don't think there's any way to do that when I'm really around. But the intention was nice. I think you were trying to say, let's let's do our best to honor this day. Because there was a lot of people who were like, you know, whenever anything happens, like, oh, let's everybody wear red or let's not show up to work to demonstrate how important we are. Yeah. Some people, it just, there's always a backlash. Like, well, I'm not going to wear red because I got to go to work. And, you yeah. know, and it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's not about we're all going to quit our jobs. It's about let's recognize how much women do right. in the world, right. which is kind of what we're talking about today. Here we are. Um, so the author of that uh, blog, her name is Danny Beckett. So anyways, and we'll talk about that after. But first, let's jump into the emotional labor story. Well, actually, before we jump into oh, the emotional labor story, should we back up? I wanted to... T- don't put that I truck back up, though, in my ears. We're just... Todd and I are just waking up, so I'm feeling a little... Tired. Disheveled? Yes. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about last week um, because this... So last week, uh, Todd was traveling and there was a lot going on, meaning school had just finished, so my girls were home full time. And then, um, as we all know, two very prominent people uh, took their lives and it really, for me, watching the news as much as I was and, and being mom and having kind of a new schedule really impacted me a lot. And Will you I, say who the people are? Because some oh, people listen six months later. Uh, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. And I have to say that, you know, I'm not, it's not like, oh, I've always followed Kate Spade or I watched, you know, Anthony Bourdain's show all the time. I obviously know who they are and I had great respect for them, but it was less about my own personal loss mm. and more about the gravity of just loss mm. and um, experiencing what other people were feeling and and just how the news feeds were all about suicide and all about um, mental wellness and even, you know, the discussion about how we relate as human beings in our culture when it comes to things um, 
regarding sadness or suicide or discussion of darkness and how it's still something that we struggle with. Um, we not only struggle with our own pain um, and sharing it openly, but we struggle when someone asks for help. We are sometimes we don't we we like to maybe even with our own kids we like to jump to no just be okay or shouldn't you just should be happy because you have this or that because that that's the one thing that this this week I think really blew everybody away was Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain man and woman. Um, were the epitome of what everybody in America thinks success and happiness means. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, everybody had to look at that and go, well, wait a second. If they had the fame and they had the success and they had the money, then, and they still didn't, you know, feel that they could stay. Sure. Then what am I aiming toward? Well, and as I uh, told you, there's a clip that I might post the show notes and um, Tony Robbins did a thing about the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And I would guess that these two people that took their own lives were experts at the science of achievement, but they were not, at least in the moment, as... Um, so what's the art of fulfillment? So we know what that the is. The art of fulfillment is the is the meaning of life. It's not the stuff. It's the what fills you up. And, and the stuff fills you up for a minute or a day or a week, but the stuff that keeps you is... What am I here to do? What purpose mm. is my life? Who will I impact by doing these good things? Who do I have in my life that that I can lean on? Relationships as opposed to materials. Well, and, and relationships is key because I also want to insert in there, they may have had an understanding or an embrace of the art of fulfillment and had um, also some issues they were dealing with um, where they didn't a mental wellness issue where they sure. didn't feel capable of mm. managing what they were feeling. Sure. So the thing is, is believe me, Todd and I have zero answers about all of this. Like, it's not like, oh, let's explain to you, you know, how to avoid a situation yeah. like this. There are so many pieces that we'll never know because it's their story. Um, but two of the pieces, I think one that Todd's focusing on is what does success really mean? Yes. What is fulfillment? And the piece that I'm focusing on is, um, how do you share and who do you share with? And do you, can you allow, do you accept parts of yourself? Um, do you have someone to talk to? Is there somebody who not only listens, but understands? Or do you have tools? Do you, and, and all these things, they're not, there's no guarantees. No. You know, you can have all those things. Like they may have said, if we were sitting with them right now, they may have said all these things, check, check, mm -hmm. check. And, and, and there was a bunch of articles I read about a lot of people just kind of like we do with, um, school shooters. We'll, we'll look at them and we'll go, oh, they were mentally ill. That's why they did that. Some people who have taken their lives have no diagnosis whatsoever. Right. Or people were like, I had no idea they were challenged. So this is not like the chronically ill, depressed person. Sure. Um, you know, this is, or the, the vision of what we think that is. I'm, yeah. I'm using that as a caricature. Mm. Um, because Somebody living in a dark room correct, for years and correct. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I guess I just want to say that if you guys were feeling heavy or last week was a lot, there was a lot of things going on in politics, the summit, the G7 summit. And I mean, I was saying to my sister last night, like I... In the last year, I feel like I've had to work a lot harder mm -hmm. to maintain a sense of balance and recognizing what is working, um, and I've had to dig deeper for it yeah. and and not 
and to realize some of the things that Todd was just saying about what is fulfillment. Like, you know, my daughter and I, when we go to bed, we kind of go through a list of things like, you know, like a lot of people do like a prayer, you know, thank you for this. And, you know, we've gotten down to the basics, man. Thank you for rain. Mm-hmm. Thank you for flowers. Well, and it's like one of them is find something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And whether that's church or God or rain or the sun or your wife or your husband. Or helping people. But a lot of times success is is independently focused. Yeah. And you can say, no, I want to grow this team or whatever. And that may be true. But, um, you know, life's not about me. It's about we. Yeah. And if we can kind of keep that in mind when we're going through our days, I feel like you're predisposed to having uh, air on the side of fulfillment versus success. Yeah. And, and I think the last thing I'll say about it is one thing that I realize anytime I struggle with something personally, uh, I always remember that in doing this show, um, what my hope is, what my you know wish is always for this show and for, I think Todd would feel similar or would say a similar thing is the show is not about how to pretend how to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not about how to have a life where you don't have things happen to you. It's how to be real and how to live a normal life like everybody does where things happen to you and then how to then take that and hopefully um, find ways to not only figure out what you're challenged by, but to ask for help and to accept who you are and to still notice the rain and to, st- and, and I'm saying rain in a positive way, not yeah. like a negative, you know, and to still recognize that even in the midst of a lot of challenges, there's a lot of goodness and there's a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of beautifulness out well, there. Well, and one thing that when you and I have spoken to groups, sometimes we start out like, oh, what does it mean to be successful? And people are like, oh, financially and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, one kind of definition, you know, our presentation changes from one presentation to the next, mm-hmm. but I say something like, um, it is not about um, that those old school versions of success. It's as parents, can we create the space for our children to express whatever it is that they're expressing? And we need to take that same lesson for ourselves. And and the falseness of something like when we say, you know, what what do you want for yourself or your children? I just want them to be happy. What does that mean? Right. I mean that it's not a good recipe. No, it's not because they can't be all the time. The human condition has a range of emotions. And if we're only going to celebrate the good ones, then you're going to be miserable a lot of the time. Yeah. So when the sadness or the frustration or the anger comes in, I want to create the space for myself and my kids to, I'm better at creating the space for my kids to do it than I am myself. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot as us parents, like we'll do the right thing for our kids and, but we'll forget about ourselves. Yeah. And, and it's what we allow, you know, this kind of does connect to, you know, what I was talking before about, you know, Kate and Anthony, like, what do we allow? Because if, if what we allow in this culture is, you know, you have to be happy. And if you're, let's say that we've, we've gotten so evolved that we realize that money isn't the only thing Mm -hmm. that we're like, really the only thing is happiness. Well, (laughs) that may not work either because, that's not always where we are. And it doesn't mean that then hap- we're either happy or we're miserable and sad. It means that there's a lot of room and there's a lot of in-between. And and if we allow for that, then we we naturally um, move through life. Like um, one of my favorite visuals um, is... Uh, 
I don't know if you guys know who Abraham Hicks is, but it's a, you know, it's a speaker that I used to see occasionally, um, and Esther, Esther Hicks. And and what was her husband's name? He passed away, Jerry. Mm -hmm. And anyway, that's a whole thing, you know. It's it's a deep dive. It's a deep dive um, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. But regardless of how you feel about where the information comes from, um, they always have a beautiful image of, you know, what really we're here to do is not to constantly push against the stream and be something that we're not and row so hard upstream. But it's actually to be in a boat and let go of the oars and go gradually go where things take us. Well, you and you remind me of Byron Katie, who's been a big part of our life in the last few months because she's part of our Team Zen thing. But she's she's like, why would I want to argue with reality? Right. Like, and it really is kind of that simple. Like certain things happen. Some are quote unquote good. Some are quote unquote bad. But even the bad stuff, like... I think a lot of times of the swimming upstream is we are arguing that this is happening Mm -hmm. and it is, or this is happening, but I, in my mind envision this. So I got to swim back and get it. Right. And the thing is, is that was what you visualized in your mind. It doesn't mean that's the way it's supposed to be. And you know, the, the song row, row, row your boat. That's what it's about. You know, is row your boat gently. Row your boat, boat. not somebody else's (laughs) boat. Yours gently down the stream, down the stream, merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. We create it, really. I mean, we may say, no, these things are happening to me. Yes, there's. we are a part of the whole. We're a piece of, we don't control the world, but we do access and, and we do have the capability to, um, to see things in the way that we choose. And that's, that's really the work is, I don't even like that word. That's really the process, right? Yeah. Is when something happens, how am I going to view this and how am I going to handle it? And am I going to allow for it? Yeah. And am I going to ask for help and am I going to talk about it? Am I going to have a good cry about it? Am I going to still have a good laugh? Yeah. Like I, when I do my meditation in the morning, um, there's all these things in front of me that I touch and I think about, but one of my favorites is the laughing Buddha because even when I'm really sad, mm-hmm. I just, you know, he's part of my daily experience. Like even... When I'm very challenged, you have to laugh. Mm-hmm. You not at a person or not at yourself, but at like that's what the laughing Buddha is there. For. It's kind of like you're laughing at your worries. You are you're laughing it, at yourself because you've a lot of it you've created in your mind. Most of it, yeah. And so you're like you know, in the Buddha, it's really not even the Buddha. It's the laughing. We've we've learned more about that. You know. That that statue is not. Oh really yeah, the Buddha. Buddha is not. That's not a replica of, of the Buddha. Who the Buddha was? Buddha was probably some skinny guy walking through the desert. It but, was Siddhartha. But, yeah. But we think of the Buddha as this big fat bald dude. <laughs> I know. So he actually has a different name. But regardless, I call him the Laughing Buddha. And you know, the reason he's laughing is because he's been in silence for so long, and he understands that we're you know life is merrily, merrily, merrily. Yeah. So, do I think that we will ever get to that enlightenment twenty four seven? No, because mm-hmm. we're humans, mm-hmm. because that's, I'm not a laughing Buddha. I'm a human being having a human experience, um, or I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. But I just, I guess it's just, I always like to back up and be like, let's look at all this rather than on the surface and try and solve all these surfacey things. Yeah. Let's back up from it and see it differently because that changes everything. So I have, uh, as part of my, I coach guys and sometimes I have this kind of like cheat sheet of tools that I want to give to the guys to put in their toolbox Mm -hmm. when they're struggling with something. A lot of times they're struggling with anxiety or stress or things like that. And you ask me like, what does it mean to be fulfillment? I remember I had this 
kind of five bullet points of how to have a fulfilled life. Now, this is very kind of surfacey, but as a guy, I like things to do. Like sometimes like, I don't know what to do. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I get out of this? So these are things that you can actually do to be fulfilled. You ready? Mm -hmm. Real quick. Feed your mind 20 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. Strengthen your body 20 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Find a mission bigger than yourself. We already talked about that. Number four is have a role model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last is know that there's always somebody worse than you that has overcome these same obstacles. That's so key to me because sometimes, uh, you know, with all the stuff we were talking about this morning, Todd, like the thing that really helps because sometimes we can spiral into this is going to go in the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that there are some people that have come through. Yeah. And you know what I try and remember, especially when I'm worried about other people like my children or, you know, you or people I love. Or somebody on the other side of the globe that you've never met. Right. Is I remember that they have inside of them what I have inside of me. Right. But you forget that. I do. It, like, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm very emotional and very, um, sensitive, but I'm also really, really resilient. And some of that comes from practice, but a lot of that comes from mysterious, like you just, you hear something or you get a sign and that's, that I think comes from a bigger picture. And it's not like I'm the only one, Mm -hmm. you know? And don't you think that that's a vehicle of the ego, not your ego, but all of our egos like, okay, I have resilience, but, uh, but your ego is tricking you to think that you're the only one that has it. Correct. Or that you have to then, this is very, um, typical of my personality type. Um, and for those of you who are interested in these things, um, I'm an INFP and I also on the Enneagram, I'm a two. So for those of you who know what those things mean, um, I do believe I'm supposed to help everybody. I do believe that I, that when people are struggling, that it is my job to make sure they're better. Mm -hmm. And while that can be a great thing for understanding your vocation and having purpose, it, it doesn't allow for people to have their own, you know, resilience. Yeah. Like I really, there's part of me that's well, like, I have to help them. I, t- I talked about the lobster example about how, you know, when a loved one is struggling or somebody on the other side of the world is struggling and a lobster cannot grow without first shedding its mm-hmm. shell. So it like loses its, sh- because it, it gets so big, big. it it breaks the shell off yeah. and then another one shows up. Yeah. Like that discomfort that the lobster has is what helps us grow spiritually, emotionally, intellectually. Like the struggle is the vehicle of growth. Well, there's a word, liminity, I think it's called, mm-hmm. um, that is about that place between, mm-hmm. which is... Um, you know, it, the best analogy is the, you know, caterpillar butterfly because the caterpillar comes into the world as a caterpillar, right? And the caterpillar's like, I'm eating things, I'm growing, you know, I'm, I'm, and by the way, I have, I keep caterpillars every summer and man, do they grow fast. Mm-hmm. Like they go from little babies and they eat like crazy and they grow fast. And all of a sudden one day they just sit and they contemplate and you know that they're thinking, uh-oh, I have to turn into something else now, mm-hmm. or they don't even know what's happening. And then they all of a sudden start to cocoon and they become something else. And, and even though we look at that process as we've normalized it, always oh, in that beautiful, that's probably a leap of faith mm-hmm. for the caterpillar every time. Like, you know, that's what we do is we, some, we, we like to jump over that cocooning phase. We like to 
be like, well, I was a caterpillar. I just want to be a butterfly. I don't want to, I don't want to shed my shell, you know, like the lobster. That's the painful part, but that's where it all happens. So I have the uh, quote. Okay. The guy's name is Rabbi Torsky. Uh-huh. Never heard of him, but I've seen this video and I'm not going to play the video, but I'll add it to the notes. Okay. But the main quote is the stimulus for the lobster to be able to grow is that it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And what do we do usually when we feel uncomfortable? We escape to the TV, we escape to this, we escape to that. We repress it. We repress it, we yeah. hide it. Um, and that discomfort is actually what's going to help us. And I'm certainly not an expert at this, but it's really nice to know, you know, these quotes are really important to me because it helps me remember that when I am feeling like crap, I can either go watch Sports Center and not deal with it. And sometimes there's a space for that, but sometimes it's like, no, I'm going to have this difficult conversation with whomever it is or discussion with myself or sit in that discomfort. I say that a lot to my guys or in my in the tribe, like just be there mm-hmm. instead of try to make it go away. But it's so uncomfortable. Very and, uncomfortable. and that's the piece where what I was talking about, can we allow for that? Or do we believe that society doesn't allow for our discomfort? Right. Do we believe that we're, we must be doing something wrong if we're uncomfortable? And um, Anis, Anis, I want to say the name right, Anis Nin. Um, oh, the Ninner? One of her, one of her oh, best quotes. Woman? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. One of her famous quotes is, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Mm, cost and, of action versus cost of inaction. Right. But that and, takes some long-term vision. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're talking like like you're talking about money, and and here's the thing: you're not you're right. Like you you're like I like action items. I need to know these things. Mine is less about doing mm-hmm. and more about how I feel about it. Right. I don't. It's not so much about today. I'm going to wake up and be by myself twenty minutes. It's like how do I feel about the way I feel? Right. And you know that for me, that does not serve me as well. Versus, give me five things to do today. Correct. And. Again, I, there's nothing... That's the balance between the differences of people. It is. It's just funny to read that beautiful quote. And you just, I feel like you just gave cost analysis. Give it to me one more time. Okay. And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's that we, like you said, it's like shedding a shell of, you know, you're so... We, we try and argue with our pain or the change or the knowledge we have or the information we have. We argue with it because we think it should be different. We're, paddle, we're paddling upstream. We're swimming upstream. We're saying this shouldn't be this way. This shouldn't be this way. And then finally, when we have some form of acceptance, it usually comes from this break where we're like, this pain is so great. I'm going this way now. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when I use the word pain, it could be fear or <clears throat> sadness or you know, pain is not all the same for all people. It looks and feels different for all people. Right. Um, and you know, that's the thing is that I think we this is what we have inside of us, and a lot of times, either we trust it in other people and not in ourselves, or we trust it in ourselves and not in other people. Yep. And the thing that I try and remember is that we all come from the same ocean, meaning we're all, you know, in my belief system, we're all from the same universe, same God, you know, whatever word you want to use, we all come from the same place, wherever that may be. Yep. Um, and so since we all come from that place, we all have inside of us the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, and it's... There's a just reminding the people we love, including ourselves, that that's there 
is hope in itself. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So that's, that's that. And there goes our 23 minute intro. That's sweetie. all right. It's, there's no, we don't. Yeah. I know. I'm not making fun. I'm actually just kind of like bringing some levity to it. Good. Like when we start, we keep going. Exactly. And that, and I knew that I, I couldn't, you know, we have actually another show that we're playing on Friday, yeah, right? That's Friday. And we were even considering doing that show for Tuesday. And I just thought, you know, there's too many things that have happened in the last week to not even personally, I feel like it's not even just, oh, we owe it to you guys. I want to talk about it. Yeah. Like I just was like, it'd be a really big week to jump over. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so speaking of, um, I talked about coaching. I coach guys. So if guys are out there, go to toddadamscoaching.com for sessions free. And then I do want to talk about Team Zen. We have a Zen Talk this Friday. Mm. Um, you can get on a live Zen Talk with us, with Kathy and I and many other amazing Team Zen members. You have access to all of our previous Zen Talks. There's an awesome Team Zen Facebook page. And then you get discounts off of everything in our store. So go to uh, zenparentingradio.com, click on Team Zen. And just as um, an, an illustration of what it is that some of the listeners ask us about, on our last Zen Talk, uh, there was a question from one of the listeners that uh, she has an 11-year-old stepson is parented much differently in his other house, and it's taking a toll on her house. And then the second thing was any tips on how to deal with the cavemen in our lives, which I thought was kind of comical. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, there was a pretty heavy question. There is a listener who has an estranged and aging mom going in a nursing facility and she doesn't know whether or not she should go see her mom because there's been a lot of damage in the relationship. So, uh, some of it is very practical. Some of it's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so go to zenparentingradio.com and click on team Zen first month's free. So check it out. That's called life. Some's practical and some is pretty deep. Um, uh, all right, so you go ahead. So, so Todd and I had an f- um, interesting week, not this week, but the week before, um, and it was an emotional labor um, issue that was, was like, instead of just talking about it in generalities, um, he and I were able to talk about it in a more uh, real-life scenario, and that was that um, a couple months ago, or maybe... Can you m- explain what emotional labor is? Sure. So for those of you who aren't sure what emotional labor is, basically it just means the division of labor in the home, how things are, um, who deals with what. And a lot of times, old school, when we would talk about who does what, we would talk about really the things like who's going to drive you know, to the play date or who's going to pick them up from school or, and so we try and divide labor or talk about our days in, in that way. Emotional labor is really the, um, the caring work that is done, the invisible work behind the scenes that is done in the home that a lot of times is difficult to not to speak about, acknowledge and see. That's why it's often called invisible and measure and measure, right? Because it is, it is more, it is obviously more typical for um, the woman. And again, in same-sex partnerships, my friends who are in same-sex partnerships have told me there's still usually one person who tends to do, you know, the more emotional labor. So it's not necessarily gender specific, but it does tend to fall to one person where they tend to be the one who thinks about the caring and thinks about the, you know, the details. That's the feminine. And exactly. And thinks about um, who's going to make this phone call or this needs to be done or what time do we need to leave? And a lot of times it's, it's so ingrained in us, meaning we watched our parents do something in childhood. So we don't even think that should be our role or vice versa. We can't even imagine giving up that role, but it does make for an inequitable balance in the home. It makes up for an, it's like the conversation that 
I'll just be specific to Todd and my relationship that um, that conversation we've had since the kids were born about why I tend to feel more depleted or more overwhelmed. If you look on a piece of paper, Todd's got A, B, and C, and then I've got A, B, and C. Why do I still feel so much more heaviness? And it's because I tend to do the emotional labor or more of it. And we'll probably jump to this, but um, part of this scenario or, or typical relationships is <clears throat> I don't have to carry it because you're carrying it. Correct. So, but I naively could think, well, you know, if I don't acknowledge that and be like, this is fine, it's going to work out. The reason it works out is because you're carrying the heavy load. And I, a lot of my counterparts, including myself, be like, you worry too much. The reason it works out is because you go through that. Mm -hmm. Okay, And that you can't see something that doesn't exist, meaning because we are and I'm going to use physical and emotional because we are cleaning off the stairs every night. You're not bothered by dirty stairs sure. because yeah. we are, because you're like, why that wouldn't bother me. That's because you don't experience it. Yeah. That's because you don't even see it. Yeah. You know, like the yesterday we got in the car and it's just small things, but the car's a mess. Like there's paper and there's cups and my children and, and Todd get in the car and they don't even see it. And I'm like, hand me all the garbage so I can go throw it away because they know someone else is going to take care of it. Right. And again, that doesn't mean you've never cleaned the car because I think that that's the piece we miss is it's not an always, it's a usually. Well, and as a guy, I'll jump to the defense saying, but I cleaned out the car last week and <laughs> right. you did it the six times before that. Right. And I'm doing it the continuous times of every time there's cups, the kids' shoes. I'm doing it. You're cleaning it out like I'm scrubbing the dashboard yeah. and I'm cleaning it out like there's crap in the car all the time. So, And then the emotional part is who are the kids going to and talking about their feelings? Who are the kids saying, I need this signed for school? Who are the kids saying, I'm worried about my friends and I need to talk to you? There's there's pieces that are unseen and that are the most important. And I'm saying this as I, you know, this is from my perspective because I obviously think relationships and emotions are the most important. It's the things that keep things moving along. That the glue. Are, it is. It's the glue. And so when, to Todd's point, when, when Todd doesn't say this to me, um, at all, but when, you know, partners say, oh, that doesn't matter. You don't need to worry about that or tell them you can't talk to them or, you know, just drop it. If that happened, there'd be a cost, there would be a huge cost. And so, and again, that's what emotional labor is. Okay. Do you feel like that's a good enough yes. explanation? So about a month ago, um, before school ended, I was obviously still working a lot and Todd was working a lot and we, there was a lot of things coming up for the summer. And so we basically just decided let's divide and conquer, sure. right? <clears throat> and Todd said, let me take these two things. Cause these two things seem to be like heavy on your mind. And the two things he took was a camp that my middle daughter was going to go to and then, um, getting my youngest daughter to her dance. And she has dance class and then a recital coming up. And I was like, great. And by the way, fantastic. He signed her up for um, camp and he got my youngest daughter to uh, lessons every week, right? So on the surface, very, so helpful. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to be like pat him on the head. I checked off the big bullet points, which is get her butt there, register. Correct. It's the, the smaller parts. So here's the part of emotional labor that are difficult for oftentimes the other partner who isn't doing the emotional labor to understand is it's not just 
driving them there. And it's not just registering them because this is what ended up happening. Todd traveled for six days last week. And right before he left, um, we realized two things. Number one, that my daughter who had a recital while he was gone. Performance. Performance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Recitals with, uh, is an instrument, I think, right? No, you, it's, it can be a recital. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Either one, but fine. Right. Performance. Um, she, I said, you know, we were trying to get her ready for it. And I said, you know, where's all the pieces of her costume right. that she has to wear? And Todd did, did, didn't know. No. He didn't know. And and he was kind of like, was I supposed to keep track of that? Well, and what I did was I empowered Skylar to do it, and that didn't work out real well. Well, and even that, did you really empower her or did you just assume? I assumed. Okay, because those are two Yeah, I didn't things. empower her. I said, okay, here's your costume. Right. That's all I said. Correct. <laughs> well, and why those are two important things to differentiate is because there is a, a method of I'm going to empower, I'm going to have you take care of this. Yeah, if I would have done that, she probably would have done a better job. Correct. And so when um, what was funny about it was I was kind of like, I kept saying to Todd, this doesn't happen very often where you can't find a costume. Like Todd was kind of like, what? What's the big deal? They'll just order another one. And I'm like, actually. Or, or it'll show up in this house. Right. So the first part of that is then I yeah. ended up cleaning out her entire room yeah. to look for it. Yeah. And and I did not find any of it, um, which is still, where is it? I have no idea. I mean, that's the crazy thing. It's possible we never got it, but I'm pretty sure we did. I'm Because pre- why, you know, that's the thing is like, I would love to, I would love to pass it off to someone else and say they didn't give it to so us. So it was like a six piece costume, like top, bottoms, a hat. And we had four out of the six. <laughs> and so we just, it, there was part of it that was funny. And there was part of it that was really good discussion for Todd and I, because I was like, this is a piece of when you're owning that. This is an important part because really what happened is it fell back on me mm-hmm. where I now have to clean out her room yeah. and I have to find this. And, and you know, and sweet Todd, um, you know, went to tell the teacher, oh, we, we can't find this. And he was just his low key self. Well, she didn't love that. She didn't receive that information very well. <laughs> and I said... And I said to Todd, you have to understand, I'm not sh- I'm not saying she's never heard that before, but that's a big deal to a teacher. Right. Like you've totally dropped the ball. Now I, I have I to just gave her that. a headache. <laughs> I just gave her a headache. So the thing is, is it's not about let's all slap Todd on the hand. He, What's important about this is he didn't even know that that was something to consider. Would you agree with that? I don't mean that you're like not smart. I mean that when you're taking on an emotional labor task for the first time like that, you you weren't like, oh, I didn't check that box. You're like, oh, I have to be in charge of the costume mm-hmm. and I have to make sure that all these waivers get signed. I minimized it, um, not realizing that if I were to lose it, it would, you know, because when I told the the lady, um, yeah, we, I think we lost this. I said, what, what do we do now? And she said, <laughs> well, I can go tell all those girls that they're not wearing that part of the costume right, in a yikes. very kind of shameful way, way, frustrated way. Yeah. And, you know, I can understand why she was frustrated because you got the costume and now you can't show that you got it. Mm-hmm. So anyways. It was, and it was so really in the, okay, first of all, we'll say this. We had moments of laughter about it. In the big picture, it's nothing. Right. Right. That's the other thing. Yes, absolutely. This, we know that this is <laughs> the whole thing. The is, whole thing is not a big deal. It's more an illustration. Correct. But in the minutia, the reason I was excuse me, I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat. The reason that I um, was had frustrated moments with Todd is because he was going to be gone. So inevitably, the thing not only fell back on me to do, but I had to deal with the problem of it too. Well, and the thing is, 
we decided I was going to be in charge of this. Right. And then all of a sudden I have to leave town for six days, right. basically leaving this bag of crap <laughs> for you to deal with. Well, and then to, to add to that, there is a camp that we had signed my daughter up for and, and Todd said, let me do this. Let me take, you know, he was wonderful about it. And then as we were talking about all this stuff with my daughter's recital, which was Saturday, I said, Todd, when, when does Cameron go to this camp? And he's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And we checked the calendar and it was the very next day. Yeah. So Todd was going to be gone through Saturday night and she was supposed to leave a camp on Sunday. And again, you guys, I literally did. I, You know how some moms you are like, yeah, you list. can be in charge yeah, of you it. you let me worry about it and deal with it. And I didn't do a whole lot of worrying or dealing. I got zero emails about it. I didn't even under, I didn't even know what was happening. So what we ended up having to do was the exact same thing. Like, okay, send me all the emails. I'll order everything. I'll get, you know, get her ready. And again, please understand this is not a pat on the back for me. What this is, is in real time, Todd and I were able to experience that what emotional labor looks like. Like it is not just the action of driving someone somewhere. That's just a piece of it. It is when you take something on, you have to have your hands around all of it. And people, and so again, the details, the details, spouses will say, what's a big deal? Oh, we made it there. Oh, we made it there because I did all these things. Yeah. It worked out. It's like Christmas. Exactly. They're presents under the tree and it's like, because I bought them. Yeah. And wrapped them. (laughs) You know. And thought about what these people wanted for their Christmas gift. Right. Like yesterday we went to um, my sister's and my aunt and my niece's birthday is coming up. So I bring them gifts Mm -hmm. and you know, that is something that, and they're from our family. Right. It's not from you. It's from our family. So you're like doing the heavy lifting once again. And then again, let's back up with emotional labor. I enjoy doing that. But with the enjoyment, meaning I'm good at that, there's also an understanding of what I'm doing. Well, you enjoy it when you're in a good place and your tank is full. But when your tank is empty, you probably don't enjoy it as much, I'm guessing. Well, I don't enjoy it if it's A, expected, and and B, not recognized. And I don't need someone, again, I don't need someone to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. But in acknowledgement... Up to this moment, I have not acknowledged that you... I don't even know what you got for Maddie. (laughs) I know you got a bottle of wine for... Peggy. No, I got her a, uh, it's a water bottle. Oh, it was a water bottle. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bottle of wine yeah. in there. I didn't even look to see what was in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it was a bottle. It's and a, what'd you get, Maddie? Um, same thing. They were really nice water bottles that had sayings on them. Oh, didn't um, even look. Yeah. And so, and and that's, okay. you know, it's like there's this fine line, like that it's, I'm not getting them gifts so people are like, look at what you did. Mm-hmm. But I am getting them gifts because, and I'm using gifts, and that's the same as going to camp or yeah. recital. It's it's anything we do. But when there's a glossing over or an expectation or a, that'll get done anyway, or the worst is don't worry about it. And I want to be like, even though you you don't say that to me anymore, but you, do you really know what the house would be like if I didn't worry about it? Mm-hmm. Like if I wasn't... Um, and, and, and here's the thing is Todd will always rise to the occasion. Like last night, our rabbit ran out of food, which is a big deal. And Todd's like, oh, it's nine 30. I'll run to the store. He'll do those, those things that some people don't want to do, but there's an, the, but first there's the acknowledgement of that the rabbit needs to be fed. Right. Because if, if we hadn't said that to you, you may not have known, maybe you would have, but there's the first piece. And then, but what ends up happening with emotional labor is the, the, everyone will say, gosh, Todd's so great going to the grocery store at 10 right. to get romaine. And he is. But who thought of feeding the rabbit? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. This is interesting because I might get in trouble for saying sure, it. Sure, go ahead. 
but guys, when when we get into these conversations or whomever, spouses, it, it, with your spouse, if you're trying to win the argument, you're going everybody loses. Right. And I'll give you an example of how I would want to win this argument. Okay. okay? I can't wait because you're <laughs> okay, go ahead. So this is what you don't want to do. Okay. You went to the grocery store yesterday morning for all of Cameron's stuff, right? Correct. And I thought that somebody said that Romaine was on the list. They did. Yeah. Right. So if I wanted to win this argument, which I don't, I'm honestly saying this just for the benefit of our audience. Okay. If I said, but you, I told you, and you were at the grocery store getting mm-hmm. Cammy's camp stuff, which was actually my job in the first Correct. place. Right. But the minute you go to that place of defending, mm-hmm. you're going to lose. Right. We're all going to lose. So right. me bringing this up, I'm saying it as a joke. I understand. And you know you're right. I mean? Like that I, that's completely true. Yesterday morning, I'm in the, I'm at the grocery store almost every day. Sweetie loves the grocery store. So that's the thing that's funny is that like when Todd's going to the grocery store for Romaine at 10, everyone's like, dad, oh, you're so great. Best. I'm like, dudes, everybody knows me at the yeah. grocery store. They're like, Hey Kathy, like I live there. So yesterday morning when I went to the grocery store, my mind was not on food. Yeah. Even you, though you're you were right. in a different mode. People yell at me as I'm going out the door and say, get strawberries. <laughs> yeah. And and I, my mode was my daughter's leaving for camp. She has nothing she needs food wise or drink wise. She needed to have poster boards. She needed it. So my focus is her. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this was actually your job. Yeah. Even though in the morning you said, do you want me to do it? And the reason I didn't want you to do it is because I knew I'd have to write out everything that was yeah. needed. You would, And I would have picked the wrong things anyways. You would have texted me. This is kind of, a, we talk about this in women's circle is sometimes like, um, you know, it'll be like, let me do this for you. Let me, you know, do it for you yeah. as if like, right. it's a gift Instead to us. Instead of like, I'm going to do this right. or let me do this, but yeah. And then you'll go to the grocery store and then while there you text us and say, okay, what do we need? Mm. So the labor's still there because we still have to come up with it. There's a certain pizza story that we could bring up. <laughs> no. Can we bring it up without naming the people? No, we cannot. Oh, okay. No, we All cannot. Right. Um, but anyway, we, Todd's point is that we hear a lot of stories about like where someone's like, let me take over. And then they'll be like, now what so should tell I me do? Exactly what to do. <laughs> and God bless both of them. Meaning that let's just talk about us instead of other people. God bless both of us. Like this is not a Todd, I'm better, or I work harder, or it's see what I do mm-hmm. because I, 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 yours is more obvious. You, it, again, the, the best thing is going to get the romaine. It's late at night. You're willing to get in the car. You're willing to go to the grocery store. So it on, requires no emotional labor, it, but on appearance, but it doesn't, I'm going to the grocery store. I don't have to, I don't have to create space for somebody's feelings. I like, you know what I mean? You're right. But take the word emotional out of it from the outside. Yeah. It's some, labor. It's labor. Right. So if everybody in the house and, goes, look what dad did. And my default is, oh, it's, it's busy, hard work, whatever. I'll do it. And when I say hard, that's the wrong word. If it's like busy work and I have to go run somewhere, like that's easy for me. Right. The hard is sitting with our daughter who's struggling with a friend. Correct. I'm not as, see, that's not true. I was going to say I'm not as good at that. It's, it makes me dive into my deep discomfort. And by the way, you have to too, but you do it. All the time. And, And I also have a little more refined radar for it because I was raised to have a refined radar for it. Mm. There is an expectation, historical expectation of women to care about everything that's happening. And we can talk about the biology of it, that our brain is more hardwired, use the left and the right side, like I was talking to you. We can talk about the homes we were raised in, our role models. It doesn't It doesn't really matter why. why? What it is is where we are now yeah. and how we want to proceed. And it's not proceeding by 
I, I acknowledge Todd there's, I can't think of a time where I've been like, will you take care of this? And he's like, no, that's your job. <laughs> You've never done that. Right. What we're trying to figure out is recognizing where our energy goes. Even if Todd doesn't understand why my energy goes to one place and how we can divide up more equitable, mm-hmm. you know, labor where he understands that when you sign up someone for camp that's after the sign up, there's 10, 11, 12, 13 more things that need to happen on top of managing the camp jitters yeah. and on top of managing, you know, how can I help you and support you? And that it's not just I'll sign her up and then mom will handle well, it. Well, and you wrote her a letter. Yes. I didn't do that. I said I was going to text you while you're there because she right. gets to get her phone. It's easier for, you know, once again, I took the path of least resistance, whereas you dive deep and you take the extra step. Well, and you know, the, the, what I visualize is, is again, this is going to sound weird where I'm going, but after my dad passed away, there was a lot of people who really showed up for me in really interesting ways, like brought me food or wrote me a card two weeks later, or, you know, came and just knocked on my door and left me a Starbucks and just really beautiful. I could cry thinking about it. Cause I was like, God, these people, like they're thinking about me this morning, right? Mm-hmm. It makes me, it's just it's a good reminder. But what it taught me is who I want to be that I want to show up for Starbucks with people and that I want to bring, you know, a bag of something to someone, or I want to send a text and say, how was your day today? But we don't learn that until we experience it. And that's the point of Todd and I talking about this is, this is not us having a show about let's laugh at what Todd forgot and let's recognize how Kathy had, it's about, we had a real world, real life experience of Todd seeing, oh, you write a card? Mm-hmm. Oh, or in, and you don't even have to, but right. that's an option. Right. Or, oh, when they go to camp, this is another piece. And instead of me having to explain it or make a list, he experienced it. Mm-hmm. Just like I experienced what person, how we can actually, you know, I, I spend my life, like I said, helping people. And then I had people really help me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is something I could, this feels good. Right. So... Aren't we always doing that? Right. Like I'm learning that from my friends and from you and from family. And then this was an experience where you're like, you were, I don't want to say allowed because it sounds like someone's giving you permission, but there was a situation that created. Well, what I'm thinking of now, just in this moment, you came in and saved the day, right? Um, well, uh, what I did is came in and got things done so we wouldn't have chaos. Save the day. Yeah. Um, and so you still carried it even though the intention was for me to carry these two things out of 42 that mm-hmm. we have going on. And, um, you know, once again, like I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. But that, don't you feel like now if we like, were like, I'll have a up? deeper appreciation, Correct. but I'll tell you if let's say you're like, you know what, this is on you. And all of a sudden our kid had one less uniform piece. I feel like I would even be more conditioned to jump through these this multitude of hoops to do it. So in a way, you kind of let me off the hook, and I, I dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. I don't know. Well, here's but, a- but I I ha- I now I now ha- am smarter about the emotional Correct. labor piece. But I think I'd be more smart if there was a debacle and there wasn't because you had to come in and save the day. Well, the debacle would have then included our children, which wouldn't have been fair. Impacted them. And it wouldn't have been fair because it has nothing to do with them. Right. Meaning that when, you know, when a 12 year old or 13 year old is signed up for camp, 
she can't go do all those things. Yeah, she can't or, run to the store to buy all that stuff and all that. Yeah. Right. And our daughter who lost a piece of her costume, um, and she, and again, like, I would love to be like, she lost it, but I still don't understand I don't it. Know, but. Um, but anyway, we were able to, these are the things that moms do. We went yeah. online and we found something really similar yeah. and had it shipped and it wasn't exact, but it was good enough. And we, and then, then I have to give a shout out to our friend Kat. Who actually works at Dr. Kelly's office, and Dr. She, Kelly, Kel, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic. Yes, care. and um, Kat was so lovely because her daughter was in the same class, and she like there was these things they had to wear in their hair, and she cut her daughter's in half mm-hmm. and gave Skylar the other half. I mean, I could cry even thinking about that. Moms take care of each other. Yeah. And she, or she was taking care of you, or she was t- taking care of Skylar. Yeah. Like, she was like, of course. And it was so funny, because I walked in the room, because I knew that Kat was going to put those in Skylar's hair when we got there. And I looked around at all the girls, and they had all the long things, mm. you know, in their hair. And there was one girl with only short ones. And I was like, that's Lila. That's her daughter. Kat's the best. She, th- what a sweet thing to do. Right. Yeah. Um, and so in the end, like we said, big picture, it's just a recital. It's not a big deal, but small picture, there is some learning and mm-hmm. some connection in it and a great discussion that we obviously just had with you. So I want to add two things before we move on. Okay. Um, so, t- so for the women who are resonating with this conversation uh-huh. or the feminine energy in your spousal relationship, mm-hmm. Speak up, yeah. Because a lot of times they'll like just you know bury their head down and just go and mm-hmm. and let their significant other off the hook. Mm-hmm. So speak up, and then guys, I'll just use it in the normal, you know, the typical guys. When your wife speaks up, you have to listen mm-hmm. and you got to engage and you got to go there. And I didn't do it; I dropped the ball. I'm admitting it and all that. So, and then the other thing is a small example that I've shared on the podcast before, but you know. Let's say Kathy's not really in charge of the kitchen when we're both home. Like mm-hmm. we share the, that yeah. responsibilities now. But there was a time when you were in charge of the kitchen duties. So I would all of a sudden clean the kitchen and I would stop you and say, hey, how about that kitchen? <laughs> Guys, don't do that either. Because the, I'm just like inflating my own sense of importance when Kathy cleans it nine times out of ten at, at the time you did. Uh-huh. And I'm inflating the one time that I surprised her and did it myself. That's once again, that's keeping score. Well, do not keep score. And I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about this, and and, and it was very true. It was about a mom who she works full time, her husband works full time, and they both drop their kid off to school. And she said, when I do it, everybody's kind of like, you know, why aren't you on more committees or why aren't you doing more? We don't see you enough. She goes, when my husband drops my kids off at school, they're like, you are the greatest dad. You are the best dad. And this is just the conditioning of our culture that we assume the moms should be there. And if they're not, they're still not doing enough. Or if they are, they should still be the president of this or in charge of this, or they should be doing more. But that when the dads like drop their kids off, it's like, wow. And, isn't he the best? And so that's the same with the kitchen is that, and this isn't about shaming each other about it. It's about having a discussion. This is, I don't like to fall back on, well, culture is that way. So that's the way we are. Culture is that way. There's a certain way that Todd and I were raised. I mean, obviously your mom was the cook and your grandma was the cook and, yep. you know, but who do we want to be mm-hmm. and how do we practice that? And how do we um, make up for the pieces that maybe we we didn't see growing up or 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 the pieces that we're still learning. And this experience that we shared was just, 
it wasn't a shaming experience. I don't even think we really even got in an argument about mm-hmm. it. I mean, we had some heated moments where yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. I think I did say something like, okay, what else do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> like I did. So you know. when, so when your <laughs> spouse does drop down yeah, and I did. is so frustrated, <laughs> you eat it. You don't say any, you don't fire back. And I think a lot of couples fire back. Oh, for sure. And if I was as frustrated as you were, I probably would have fired back. And the only times you and I really are challenged is when we're both Both out of gas. Well, and you know, it's funny if, I don't know if all of you couples are like this, but I, so I said that statement, something that affects, just tell me what else I have to do now. Yeah. And because he didn't say anything, I had to sit in that sentence. Yeah. So that was my own like mm-hmm. challenge was that I was just a total, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, martyr right yeah. now. And so I have to sit in that. And, and if he fired back though, it'd be easier. I could then be mad at him. Yeah. So, so and that takes some self-awareness because yeah. I'm sure I fire back at you probably in a passive aggressive sure. way and you kind of like. And I'll usually say, that's not what I mean. Right. I'm trying, I know that St- you're defensive about that. It's the above the line, below the line. When both yeah. parties are below the line, things turn bad quick. Yeah. Self-care. It's the foundation of what we talk about. So real quick, I want to give Gemma Hartley a shout out because she yes. has a whole book that she's coming out on November 13th of <gasps> this year. Is it that soon? Uh, and the name of the book is called Fed Up, Emotional Labor, Women, and the Way Forward. Um, we are big fans of Gemma. So anyways, I want to do that. And then the last, I do want to go through some of these bullet points real quick. Okay. I have five minutes. Um, this is from, cause I, I wasn't able to do it last week. This is from a blog by Danny Beckett. It's called a hundred easy ways to make women's lives more bearable. There's a hundred of them. I'm obviously not going to get through all of them, but I circled the ones that I think are important or at least resonated with me. So are you ready? Number 16, recognize women's credibility when you introduce them. Donna is lovely, quote unquote, is much less useful than Donna knows crap loads about architecture. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Oh, yeah. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Number 17, think about how you describe the young women in your family. Celebrate them for being funny and smart, not for being pretty and compliant. Ooh, good one, right? Uh, Let's see. Number 27, watch women's sports and just call it sports. (laughs) That was my favorite one. Watch women's sports. And call it sports. Number 30, it's General Leia, not Princess. Mm. The doctor has a companion, not an assistant. It's Dr. Bartlett, not Mrs. Madam First Lady. So West Wing fans will know what that means, Dr. Bartlett. Number 37, if a woman makes a good point, say, that was a good point. Don't repeat her point and take credit for it. (laughs) And you know what's so funny is that happens a lot. And this is the thing about the the self-awareness is a lot of times because... I want to say men are used to, I'm being gender specific, but men do get used to like, you know, they have more permission and allowance in the world to speak out and claim something. So a lot of times a woman will say something kind of like, you know, well, what do you think about this? You know, this, (laughs) it's always sunny. It's always sunny. There's a great clip on that. (laughs) Number 38, promote women. Their leadership styles may be different than yours. That's probably a good thing. Good thing. Number 59, teach your sons to listen to girls, give them space, believe them, and elevate them. 
Number 60, dads, buy your daughter's tampons, make her hot water bottles, wash her bras, show her that her body isn't something to be ashamed Absolutely. of. Absolutely. And then the next one is kind of, uh, but number 61, but dads, don't try to iron her bras. This is a mistake you'll only make once. Yeah, there's no reason to iron a bra. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and I don't iron anything anyways, so I yeah, wouldn't I do that. Either. Number 62, examine how domestic labor is divided in your home. Mm-hmm. Who does the cleaning, child care, organizing, meal budgeting? Sons, this goes for you too. Absolutely. Number 64, never again comment on how long it takes a woman to get ready. We are trying to meet the ridiculous standards of a system you benefit from. Mm, So true. Number 68, examine who books your trips, arranges outings, organizes Christmas, buys birthday cards. Is it a woman? Is it? Question mark. (laughs) This lady's sassy. I like her. (laughs) She's like, I'm trying to make the point. Number 69, and if it actually is you, a man, don't even dare get in touch with me looking for your medal. (laughs) It's hilarious, right? I know. Uh, home stretch number seventy-five. If you see a friend or a colleague being inappropriate to a woman, call him out. You will survive the awkwardness. I promise. It's a wonderful one. Number seventy-six. Repeat after me. Always hold men accountable for their actions. Mm. Number seventy-eight. If you see a woman being followed or otherwise bothered by a stranger, stick around to make sure she's safe. And let me say, because a lot of times that sounds like I think some women may be like, oh, I don't need a man to save me. Or, you know, women do this for women, too. Yeah. Like, and men should do right. this for men. Right. Like, it's it's human. It's like if you notice that somebody is maybe not in a safe situation, you know, there's we always tell girls to walk together. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of my guy friends in college and in their 20s were mugged. Yeah. So there is a reason to support Strength each other. Strength numbers. Exactly. Number 83, remember that you can lack consent in situations not involving sex, such as when pursuing uninterested women or forcing a hug on a colleague. You, you're really thoughtful about that now. I am now. Todd always asks. After Harvey Weinstein, I am. Number 84, champion sex positive women, but don't expect them to have sex with you. Absolutely. Number 85, so there's three more. Trust a woman to own her own body. If she says she won't enjoy part of your sexual repertoire, do not try to convince her otherwise. (laughs) Yes, and tell her that she's the one who's frigid. Yeah, right? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Something's wrong with you. That you don't like these things I'm doing. It's got nothing to do with me. Number 92, examine your opinion. Ooh, I won't go that. That's that's a hot That's okay. a hot. Uh, last one, number 100. Mainly just listen to women. Listen to us and believe us. It's the only place to start if you actually want all women to have a happy International Women's Day. Yeah, so that was for International Women's Day. So th- to like kind of sum it up, but with the one that Todd said about leadership, you know, um, you know, if women are in leadership with something, they may not be doing it like you, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. I think this is the piece that that we're coming to is what when we talk about the patriarchy and when we say it's a patriarchy the reason it is is because our belief system in our culture are based on the way men do things and so if a woman comes along and does it differently then we say you're doing it wrong Wrong. and so what what broadening our culture means is it's not about oh just give women a job or let women in that's like not it it's allow for a different form of leadership. And instead of saying you're doing it wrong, say, let me listen and let me watch and let me hear what your perspective is. And then it doesn't mean you have to let go of yours. It means you learn how to merge and compromise the two. Yin and yang. Because we have for way too long left out 50% of what leadership could be. And I think we're seeing the effects of that 
in our government right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of, I see a lot of women who are running for office and a lot of women who are winning mm-hmm. in primaries. And yep. we're, there's a lot of, but I think a lot of the challenges I face on a daily basis when I read the paper is the fact that there's only um, half of our population um, or it's not even half of the population. That's not fair. Um, it's a because it's not just about this one person who's leading our country. It's about a cumul- cumulative effect where this person is in power. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we've put all our emphasis on this is what leadership and power means, and that's what's leading our country right now. Yeah. And if we could bring in um, not just women but men who have different perspective and you know just a different way of seeing things, yeah. I think we'd be a lot healthier as a whole. I agree. So that's a, good, um, that's a good blog. So last two things. Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company Painting and Remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. And then uh, Team Zen, uh, if you just want to like support us, um, check it out for a month just to see if you like it. We'd love to have you and uh, Coaching for Guys. Anything you want to promote there, sweetie? No, just I hope you're having a good summer. I always struggle to transition from my kids getting out of school into summer, even though I love it because we have more freedom. We can wake up later. It's, it's weird. They're always around. These kids, they're, they're always around. They're here, and I love them dearly. And then you know what's, what happens? Then when I leave... You miss them. That when summer's over, I'm so sad that yeah. they're going back to school. So it's just the ebb and flow, yin and yang. Um, this Friday, going to have a really good interview with an amazing guy named Josh St. Pierre. So tune in on Friday. Thanks. Adios. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page. We have a book club and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support, and keep on trucking.